0: This is Truth and Focus, your radio program for worldview talk and issues that matter, with Josh Cumston and Gordon Teeson, broadcasting from the studio at Nebraska Christian Schools. Welcome to Truth and Focus. I'm Gordon Teeson along with my co host, Josh Cumston. We're in the studios today at Nebraska Christian Schools, and our chapel speaker this morning was Brock Youngren, who is from York, Nebraska. He serves as the youth pastor at Arbor Drive Community Church. Welcome to the program today, Brock. Well, thank you. Appreciate having you here today at chapel. And we wanted to take a few minutes before we listen to the message you gave to our students and ask you about things that are going on at your church. You work with the students there at Arbor Drive Community Church. And could you just kind of update our listeners on some of the things that the Lord's doing in your ministry there?
1: Well, we actually have a youth group that's combined with another church in Stromsburg, and so we meet actually rotating places and so that's been a challenge, but what we've found is that we've had a great opportunity to get the kids in our youth group to to open up more to even the kids in their school and invite a, a larger breadth of people to come so that's been one of the exciting things going on. Uh, we also had a a mission trip this summer where we really challenged the kids to set aside things in their lives that were not helping them to grow toward Christ. And we saw some some pretty impressive things go on there. Kids making big steps that, that were even bigger than their parents thought they should make sometimes, but they were willing to follow Christ in some pretty big ways.
0: Good and you draw from an area of York Nebraska, Stromsburg, you draw from some other areas yeah, around Yeah, we actually
1: that? draw from 9 different school districts. Wow. So that makes it actually really tough to keep up with kids because mm-hmm. we during the week we don't get to see them all, but mm. but yeah, we have a a fairly large draw. Wow. Brock, your message this morning is a message that's good for all of us to hear and be reminded of, but it really felt like this morning you had specifically chosen it for high school students. I'm just kind of curious as to you know, what led you to bring this message this morning, and I guess why is it so important for 7th through 12th graders to, to be reminded? Well, I actually have a conviction, I guess is the best way to put it, that most high school students are not expected enough of. And so I, I take a look back at my high school life and I say, okay, where did I succeed and where did I fail and where could I have been pushed harder? And that's pretty much how we how we approach ministry as a youth group. So this morning's message really was born out of that idea that said, you know, I expect that these kids are actually strong enough and old enough and, and they have enough of Christ in them if he's there to take huge steps to do things that most people don't expect them to be able to do and so that's really where that was born out of. Some of it actually is maybe just born out of a a longing in my heart to have been pushed harder as a student and to not look back and say, man, I kind of wasted four to six years of my life. So that's really where where it comes from.
0: With that, let's join Brock with today's message.
1: Today we're going to look at the fact that we have one choice. We grew up in, uh, all of us, we we live right now in a country where choice is one of the things that we just always have. Anybody have any idea how many kinds of ketchup we have in America? Forty-three. Forty-three different brands of ketchup. Because we love variety, we love choice. We go to one grocery store and they don't want to carry another grocery store's ketchup so they make their own ketchup. It tastes just like the other grocery store's ketchup but has their name on it. We want choice. Well, the simple reality is that in life, we only have one choice. We're only given one choice, and we will choose one thing or another, and everybody has to make that choice. And we're actually kind of used to this. I know we've got lots of catch-up, we've got lots of things like that, but we are used to having to make a choice where choosing one thing chooses against another. For instance, you either like the Boston Red Sox, or you like the New York Yankees. I don't know anybody in America who likes both. It just doesn't happen. You cannot like the Red Sox and the Yankees. Now, if you don't like baseball, everybody here should understand that you either like the Colorado Buffalo or the Huskers. I know they're not in the same conference anymore, but, but you either like one or the other. There's no middle ground. I don't know how it's possible to like both the Huskers and the Buffalo. People always ask, do you like Coke or do you like Pepsi? I like neither, but they ask, do you like Coke or do you like Pepsi? Because really, nobody likes both. They, they, it just doesn't happen. We, we actually get used to this. We get used to this idea that we only can like one thing. One last choice is you either like coffee or you're just a sad person. It's <laughs> just all there is to it. You either like coffee or you're a sad person. I do like coffee. I I personally own, because they've been given to me, nine different coffee mugs, travel mugs, not including the ones that stay in my cupboard at home. I have certain ones for cold drinks, certain ones for hot drinks. I really, really, really like coffee. And so that's a choice. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21 and verse 24. In a nutshell, they're going to say this. Your choice is to choose Jesus, Or the reality is you can choose anything else. You can't choose both. Every day, everything we do, we all have a choice to make. To choose one or the other. And every one of us chooses one or the other. Do not, Jesus says. Now this comes in the middle of what's called the Sermon on the Mount, which is three chapters of Jesus telling us what he wants us to know three chapters of Jesus taking everything in this world that we think we understand and he's just flipping it on its head. He says, you think you get ahead in the world by trying to get what you want? No, I tell you, you're going to get ahead by being humble. Everything you think works one way, the way the world tells you it does, he's going to say works the opposite way. He continues and he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 24 brings it all back around and says it again. No one, no one can serve two masters. You either hate one And you love the other, or you're devoted to one and you despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Some of your Bibles may say mammon, or they may have money capitalized or wealth capitalized. We're going to talk about that and what that means and why it has that. But you cannot serve God and money, or wealth, or possessions. That's your choice. Your choice right now, your choice every day, my choice every day is to choose which am I going to follow. Am I going to follow Jesus or am I going to follow the world? Am I going to love Jesus or am I going to love the world? I cannot do both. I cannot try to get what this world tells me I can get from the world and think that I have Jesus too. It's a hard choice that frequently we're not told we have to make. We're told you can love Jesus and still love the world. You can still be mainly concerned with what's happening to you right here and right now in this world and getting what you can and still love Jesus, but he says you can't. He says what you've got is you've got him or you've got the world and there's no middle ground. You can't sort of have one foot in both Places. You have to choose. So now let's back up to verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. What are those treasures? What does it mean to have a treasure on earth? See, I have a lot of ideas on life. I have a lot of understandings about the Bible that that I don't really like. I have a lot of things that I understand in the Bible that that most people don't really like. But I'm just going to go ahead and share them with you. What does it mean to have a treasure on earth? What types of things can be this treasure? Well, the reality is anything can be this treasure. When I was going through high school, I guarantee for you that a treasure in my life that I was storing up on earth was playing basketball. I was relatively decent at it. I had some colleges looking at me to try to give me scholarships or get me to come to their school and play. I ended up not playing in college because I decided to chase this girl instead of play basketball. That was my choice. Stay, stay dating my girlfriend or stop dating her and play basketball. I stayed dating her and now we're married. It was a good move, but it was a choice that I made. But in high school, I guarantee one of my treasures was basketball. Here was my basic schedule, I would wake up in the morning, I would go to school, I would go to basketball practice, and I would work out for two hours at practice. After basketball practice was over, I would go home, I would eat supper, and then I would go lift weights with my dad, and by that time it was almost nine o'clock at night. I'd do my homework, I'd go to bed, I'd wake up, I'd go to school, I'd go to basketball, I'd lift weights, I'd go to bed. Then I'd wake up, I'd go to school, I'd play basketball, I'd lift weights, I'd go to bed. That's all I did. That's all I really cared about. I did not really care about Jesus. I did not really care about following him. What I cared about was how many points I scored. What I cared about was how many assists I got. What I cared about was how many steals I got. What I cared about was how many minutes I could play without being totally wiped out in a game. That is what I cared about. Everything in my life revolved around getting better at basketball. There is nothing wrong with getting good at basketball. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be good at basketball. But there is something wrong with me caring so much about basketball that it is more important to me than anything else. That was my hang-up in high school. That's what I was fixated on. That is what I wanted and didn't understand that I was off base. Now, for, for the fact that we love Jesus, you should try your best in your sports and in your classes and in everything else. But those things have to take their priority behind Jesus. If there ever comes a point in your life where you seek those things more than you seek To know Jesus, those things, according to this passage, become a treasure that's here on earth. Now, let's be honest. I'm 31 years old and I don't play basketball anymore. How much value in just my life was being focused on basketball in high school? Apparently, it gave me value from when I was 15 and a freshman until when I was 29 and got retired from playing basketball by my wife because I had too many injuries. So I was done when I was 30. I had 15 years worth of value to my life. Hopefully I'll live till I'm 75. That means I'm, I had 15 years where basketball had an actual part in my life out of possibly 75 years. 20% of my life. I really don't end up with much value from basketball. And that's what Jesus says here. He says, moth and rust can destroy anything that's here on this earth. Okay, there were not no moths in my basketball game. If I try to shoot hoops now, I might say I have to knock the rust off. But there's no actual rust on me. So what he's saying is, those things will pass away. They'll become something you don't do anymore. They'll become something you don't have anymore. Even, let's say, I play basketball my entire life. When I die and I stand before Jesus, in the end, he's not going to say, Brock, how good did you get at basketball? And I'll evaluate you based on how good you got at basketball. He doesn't care, in the end, whether I'm good at basketball or awful at basketball. That's not the point. The point is that my life follows and seeks to follow him and puts him first in what I do. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, basketball may not be the thing that you get hung up on. I know that you have cross country and volleyball and football going on right now. Maybe one of those things is is that thing which can get you all caught up. Maybe music is what gets you all caught up, and it's what you spend your day focusing on. Maybe school is what gets you caught up, and you spend all your time consumed by making sure that you're the top in your class or that you're doing great so that you can go to a good school and get a good education so you can get a good job and make a lot of money. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's not Jesus, it's not good enough. Now again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't care about your schoolwork. I'm not saying don't care about your music because music is important. Schoolwork is important. Learning what you can from people who know more is very important to life. But if that becomes a thing where you're more concerned with becoming the best student around so that you can get ahead of everybody else, then your focus is in the wrong place. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth because they just don't last. There was a guy, his name was Kurt Cobain. Maybe some of you know his name. Many of you know his music. He was part of a band called Nirvana. And they made maybe one of the biggest impacts on rock music since the mid-70s. They changed the way rock music went, the way it was listened to, the whole structure of the type of music. This guy was loaded, absolutely loaded. He had more money than he had any idea what to do with. He was the best rock band in the world. And he took his own life because what he found out is that all that he gained in this world was worth nothing. See, he stored up for himself his treasures here and what he found out is those treasures were not worth the effort. I don't want you to find yourself in a situation similar to that where you seek to get the best at something. You seek to get a thing and then you finally get it and you find out that it's not worth getting Because there's nothing on this world, nothing in this earth that's worth getting if you don't have Jesus first. Because whatever treasure you can get will be destroyed and will not last. Instead, Jesus says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures you can't lose. Things that he holds on to, things that he will give us in the end. What are those things that we're to store up with him? Not only do I like to play basketball, since I got retired from the sport by my wife, I took up a lot more golf. I've played golf for a while, but I I now play golf a lot more than I used to. And I really wrestled with this. I really wrestled with what does it mean for me to store up for myself a treasure on earth or versus one in heaven how does playing golf how does that help me store up a treasure in heaven or does it because if it's not helping me store up a treasure in heaven is it worth doing I spent a long time wrestling with that question trying to figure out can I do things on this earth that I enjoy or do I have to only do things that are bible related what do I do? I wrestled with that for a long time and finally came to the conclusion of this. There's nothing wrong with me going out and playing golf, but what I should attempt to do while I'm there is if I'm with somebody else, to help them develop their life with Christ a little bit more to engage in conversation with them and help me develop my love for Jesus a little bit more. Not just go out and play golf, not just go out and play basketball, not just go out and whatever, but actually use it for a purpose. And in that relationship, in that time with that person, it becomes something that's worth much more than just playing golf. It becomes something that's worth Jesus. That's what we have to do. That's what we have to figure out. That's how we have to live. Because we're called to store up treasures in heaven versus storing up treasures on earth. Now I understand that concept. But we're now at the point in this passage where we're going to have to do the hardest work of all and listen carefully to what Jesus says. Nobody. Nobody, nobody can serve two masters. You, each and every one of you, me, all of us, will make this choice. We will either hate one and we will love the other or we will be devoted to this one and despise the other. Now get that, that doesn't say you'll either like one and not like the other. You'll either love one more and love one less. No, he says you'll either hate One and love the other, or you'll devote yourself to one and you'll despise the other. This is not some low amount of like or dislike, this is love versus hate. I love coffee, I hate olives. There's nothing in me that likes olives, not even the smell. I can drink coffee for every meal. In fact, frequently I drink coffee instead of a meal because I like the taste. I like everything about it. I love coffee. I hate olives. I love coffee. I hate Coke. I hate Pepsi. I will do just about anything I can to not drink them. I just don't like them. I am to love one and hate the other. That's the choice that Jesus really puts before us. It's good to know about the treasures. It's good to know about what that looks like. But the reality is that's pointless until we decide that we're going to love one and hate the other. Until we decide that we're going to love Jesus and hate the world, I don't really care about your treasures. Because if you don't love Jesus first... Well, I can tell you, you know, here's how you have to do certain things, and you could do these certain things a certain way, the way I tell you or your teachers tell you, but that's no help to your life, no benefit to your life until you first decide that you're going to love Jesus and hate the world. That's the question you have to answer. Do you love him or do you hate him? It's the only choice he gives you. Because if you love Him, you'll have to hate the world. And if you hate Him, then you can love the world. If you love the world, then you have to hate Him. You have no other choice. Once you decide what you're going to do, then you chase that with everything you have. Once you decide to love Him, you chase Him as hard as you can. You build every treasure you can toward Him Because he's your only one that you're serving. So think about that for just a second. Before we even move on. Ask yourself one question. Do you love Jesus? Or do you hate Jesus? Or do you love the world? Or do you hate the world? Either love Jesus and hate the world or hate hate Jesus and love the world. It's the only option. Think about it for just a second. Evaluate where you are. If your choice is that you hate Jesus, if that's really where you are, I want to share something with you. If what you know about yourself is that your love for the world is greater than your love for Jesus, and that you love what you can get in this world more than you care about loving Jesus, let me share something with you. This is what Jesus says awaits that decision in the end. Continual death. It's one thing that we were created to never experience in this world. One thing that when God made us, we were never going to experience. And it's the one thing that every person in the world has experienced. It's death. Death is one of the scariest, maybe the scariest thing ever because because we don't know what it's like. Because we can't get away from it. What God says awaits us if we don't choose to love him and hate the world is a death that we continually die in a place called hell. By contrast, what he says, if we love him, and what we get from that is we get a life that we're continually given with him in heaven. That's the outcome of this decision. If you love Jesus, you get life. If you hate Jesus, you get death. That's all you've got. It's your only, only, only choice. So what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to love Jesus and hate the world or hate Jesus and love the world? Once you make that decision, once you know if your belief is in Him, your trust is in Him, then you have another decision you have to make. Are you willing to stop trying to build treasures in this world? Everywhere you go, probably other than here, or maybe when you're at church, or with your family. Everywhere you go in this world, they're going to try to get you to buy and build treasures in this world. This world will tell you you need to make more money so you can have a bigger house and buy more toys. So that you can have more influence, be more famous. So that you can have power, a good reputation. That's going to bring us to this this word, mammon in verse 24 like I said some of your Bibles say money some say wealth some say mammon some say money with a capital M some say wealth with a capital W what that is what this word mammon means is absolutely anything you can get your hands on absolutely anything you can get in this world anything you can possess anything you can hold on to you cannot serve Jesus And fame, fortune, money, power, popularity at school. You can't serve Jesus and serve trying to become the captain of your football team or volleyball team. You can't serve Jesus and serve becoming number one in your class or class president. You cannot serve Jesus and anything else that you can get in this world because anything else that you try to get in this world and try to serve that takes you away from Jesus. The choice you have to make is if you're going to love him or hate him. Once you've made that decision, the outcome is to either build up treasures in heaven or build up treasures on earth. Treasures on earth will get you nowhere. Treasures in heaven will be worth more than you could ever imagine. That's the choice that's given to us. That's the choice we have to make. Let's pray. God, I love you. And I know that I fail at this. Lord, I know we all fail at this. But I ask, Lord, that you, that you help me to live more and more like you starting now. Pray that you help me to build treasures in heaven, not on earth, and to be focused on you and not on what I can get. God, please, please take us from here, each one of us, and show us how much you love us and how much we should love you in return. Show us your heart and who you are, and then give us the strength to follow you. We love you, Lord. I love you. And we come before you, in the holy and awesome name of your son, Jesus, and only because you've given us your Holy Spirit and it's through his power. Amen.
0: You've been listening to a message by Brock Youngren. He's the youth pastor at Arbor Drive Community Church. Well, this wraps up the program today. You've been listening to Truth and Focus. For my co-host, Josh Cumston, this is Gordon Teeson. Thanks for joining us as we encourage, engage, and equip Christians in today's culture war while bringing the truth in focus.